support for all communities to be able to type of um, the benediction. A benediction is a very short verse for divine help and blessing and guidance. It's often read or recited at the end of a worship service, but today I want to humbly recommend that we keep this benediction in our hearts as we go through this communion service. Benedictions have the power to be a soothing balm which deepens the spirit. Benedictions have the potential to help the ailing heart, to strengthen the faltering soul. Benedictions can be a remarkable source for healing and for health because they are words of life. There are many benedictions recorded in the scriptures. Perhaps, perhaps one of the best known ones, and perhaps my own favorite, is found at the end of Psalm chapter 19. In Psalm chapter 90 and verse 14, we find a very blessed and wonderful benediction, which I submit to you today to be the theme of your heart as you go through this communion service. But to really understand what that benediction, that very short prayer, that very short blessing, that very short word of guidance means, you have to read all the 13 verses that come before, which were read earlier. And so it begins in verse 1 that says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows His handiwork. And then continues on to verse 6 to tell you how big and awesome and wonderful and all-knowing and all-powerful is our God. Therefore, how should we live in His presence? Indeed, Romans chapter 1 says, we have no, verse 20 says, we have no excuse because the invisible things of the world are telling us of how powerful and magnificent our God is. Therefore, as his creatures, as the sheep of his pastors, we should live right. Because the most beautiful psalm continues on with telling us that, yes, God's great creation shows us how wonderful and awesome God is, but in his word we find all the beauty of his majesty. And so he tells us that the law of the Lord is perfect. I'm the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are short, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Six things about the Word of God that if we take to heart, the Christian should walk right. If you take the commandments as an example, it can tell us very clearly how to live. The Christian will not lie. The Christian will not steal. The Christian will not commit adultery. The Christian will worship God on his holy Sabbath. The Christian will not forbid his neighbor. The Bible is right. The law of the Lord Conversing the soul, making wise the children. My brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us in this beautiful psalm that God's word are more to be desired than gold. Yes, and even fine gold. David was very clear. God's word is greater than material wealth. It's also greater than sensual experiences. Yes, the Bible. 
Bible says it's sweeter than honey. Even the honey from the source, the honeycomb. God's word is sweeter still. But God's word serves also as a warning. A warning for those who will not hear. Because warning is needed when we do not listen. Warning is needed when we cannot presume what danger lies ahead. Warning is needed when we reject the good word of the Lord. Warning is needed because we are so susceptible to sin. But if we listen, the Bible says, God's word, God's word is a reward. You can sleep peacefully in your bed at night if you hold on to God's word. But then David gets really personal. He says, who can understand when I make my error? Who understands why I sin? Then he goes into a simple prayer. Cleanse me, Lord, from my stupid fault. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sin. He says, Lord, let them not have dominion over me. Who can understand our errors? David understood that he had ignored and disobeyed God even more than he was aware of. He knew that this was something he was to be concerned about. And if he was not careful, his actual sins before God would even get worse. The fact is, even though we cannot understand why we make our errors, why we make our, our, what we would call our, our, our mistakes and on the way to glory, it doesn't excuse our sins. We're still accountable for our errors. We're still accountable for our faults before God. And we must trust in God's atoning grace to send us from our errors and our faults. He says, Cleanse me from also now my secret faults, knowing that sometimes you may forget the things you have done which may have caused hurt or harm to someone. David desires for a pure and a clean heart. Those secret faults that may have, I may have forgotten, forgotten, those things that I may have not repented of, those faults that I may have committed in my own heart, those faults that may have brought some hurt to someone which I am unaware, those things which I have kept private, those things which, if I known, would cause great embarrassment. He says, Lord, send me from my secret faults. Then he says, All along this continuum, from error all the way to presumptuous sins, 
any point along that journey, at any point along that continuum, God has a way of it. You do not have to fall free to become trusted. But because of this great day that David prayed, keep your servant, Lord, from become trusted. Let them not have dominion over me. David knew that he was capable of such things, and so his prayer was a simple and humble prayer. Lord, keep me from this kind of thing. As you come to the table of the Lord today, let me assure you that we can know from the source of God's word that God can send us and keep us from all kinds of things, and that God gives us to God's grace is greater than our sins. The prayer is even more fitting as we understand what Paul wrote, Paul says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but you are under God's grace. Oh, my brothers and sisters, David then says, Because of God's good grace, I can stand blameless as I come to the table. I can stand, not in my own strength, but because what God has done for me upon that cruel cross. I can come to this table not feeling proud or arrogant, but just feeling the grace of God overpouring over my heart. I can gain the victory even over some such things by God's grace. So David knew well that he can be cleansed by the sacrifice of God. And then he prays the benediction. This is the prayer I want you to take as you go to the foot washing, as you go to the communion. He prays this wonderful, simple prayer. Let the words know of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight. The Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David didn't end on the thing. He ended on this wonderful thought that one eye can be made acceptable in God's sight. He didn't end on the thing. He ended on the fact that you can become one. In the mind of Christ, you can be one with Christ. The mind of Christ can be your mind. You can think thoughts that God will have you think. David knew that real godliness was not only a matter of what a person did, but what he said and what he thought in his heart. My brothers and sisters, that we could be accepted in God's sight today. Then he says, in conclusion, O Lord, you are my Sometimes overtakes us, you know. And at those times, we need God's strength over these things. Sometimes I say, can knock your left, knock your right, and knock you completely down. You need God to strengthen you so you can stand up. Even though they can knock you down seven times, in God's strength, you can stand up seven times. My God is more than our strength. David says he's also my redeemer. You know, sometimes we don't even have the strength to fight. We need a restore. We need a redeemer. Someone who comes in and stands in the gap between you and the devil. And so David is very clear. We not only need our strength, sometimes we need a redeemer. Sometimes we need someone who will say, not this one, Satan, my blood is sufficient and I have paid the price for him or her. 
sometimes we don't just need God's presence, we also need Him as our redeemer. Sometimes I look back and I see those slaves who fought hard for their freedom. And when they have no strength left, someone comes, someone comes to pay the price to set them free. And that slave who though he's strong in his body, has no strength left, is all fought out. But the Redeemer comes, who's able to put down the price, and then to say to the slave, you are free today. This is So David who begins with the glory of God and comes down to the perfect revelation of God through his word. Give us a benediction which I give to you today. Oh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of the heart be acceptable. 